You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, you know, we, we start getting to that point where we're unsure of how many more shows, you know, will we'll cons- be part of this season. So we'll take everyone we can get, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and any show that includes a preview at this point is like bonus football. Yeah, so. we're in the bonus episode portion of the Bulldog Hour. Now we are not guaranteed more than uh, one more of these. So we want to take advantage of it. We never want to, um, you know, we don't want to promise anything that we can't uh, can't uh, keep. So right. we know we got tonight. We'll talk about the playoffs. We'll recap Township. And we know we'll do one more, and hopefully it's not our last. Not up to us. It's up to the uh, the kids on the field. But as of late, the kids on the field playing pretty good. Yeah, last uh, last month plus has has been uh, pretty good. So let, let's keep that rolling. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So uh, before we do dive into discussing the win versus Manheim Township and your twenty twenty one. Lancaster Lebanon League Section One champion. Speed at which you had that ready to roll out online was just impeccable, <laughs> unbelievable. Do not underestimate. I would say unbelievable, but it's absolutely believable. Like I was prepared for you to have that ready, but we were actually talking about your preparedness before that. So. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're under the the Wilson football community. A uh, little bit of a a somber, depressing week as. We lost a member of the Wilson football family uh, suddenly and unexpectedly earlier this week. Um, Clayton Schonauer passed away um, and shook everyone up pretty good. The Schonauer family is a, a a huge staple throughout the Wilson community, not just football, for a variety of, of things. And I thought the team did an excellent job yesterday before the game with the pregame uh, tribute. The moment of silence. Uh, Justin and I this evening were at the the visitation with the family. Uh, we just want to reinforce that everyone is thinking of the Sean hours at this difficult time, and you know it's uh, it, it's tough. I don't you don't even know what to say right well, about the situation right. at all. Yeah, um, but I, I think um, it, it was lighthearted it was nice to to speak with uh the brothers and mm-hmm. and Leroy and he had a um you know it, like I said it was very very lighthearted and 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 during it he mentioned uh that uh one of the things in in preparations something came up and uh wanted some mariachi music yeah um and, and I don't know the full context but um, we said that we would play a little for him tonight, so 
Um, we're gonna. I'm just gonna play that a little bit in here. We're gonna talk over top of. It. We're not gonna let it drown us out. But we just thought it would be a, a fitting tribute as it was mentioned. And you know, so I, we said we would do whatever, whatever he, whatever right. it took, whatever right. they wanted. Yeah, so. the Schnauers have done so much for the community and for Wilson, you know, and the Wilson community for decades. Um, right. That you know, when when Leroy brought up that he wanted some mariachi music. Hey, Absolutely. Who it's are the, we it, to say no? It is literally the least we can do. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, can't can't go on too long with this. We don't want to get hit. You know, we be, we don't want to be banned from these streaming services for playing what is very well probably copyrighted uh, music. So I don't want to be kicked off and, and miss the rest of the show. But um, when it was mentioned, I was like, you know what? You got it. Yeah, If that's absolutely. what you want, we can make it happen. Yeah. So um, that's what this is about. Justin did mention we should just play it and give no context whatsoever. <laughs> we usually could have done that, but I feel like we probably needed to uh, to point it out. Um, yes. But yeah, so so um, yeah, was, yeah, you know, yeah, it was it, a tough one. It, it is tough, and um, Clayton played on the Wilson football team for uh, in the fall of 2009, 10, and eleven. He was a starting offensive lineman. He played in the, the District 3 championship game on that 2011 squad. And um, I, have, I have a few pictures here that, you know, I, I talked a little bit to you about this um, recently, just that – sorry, I forgot to add the audio to that. So I'm going to add the audio to that so that you can still hear me when we're, when we're talking about it. Um, but that Clayton's – Seasons, junior and season year was kind of when I first started doing this, right? Uh, you know, social media aspects of uh, Wilson football. Uh, first started with Twitter updates and then the Facebook page and then yes. pictures, and uh, has slowly grown from there. Eventually, adding the Bulldog Hour to everything that I was doing and that you are doing now, um, uh, willingly or unwillingly. I'm pretty much pretty much just told you that this is what we were doing. I didn't really give you much of an option. Um, and, and here we are seven fair, seasons later. To be fair, it usually works out best when you handle things that way. But <laughs> this is what we're doing. So, yeah. Now I got – so I went back through my pictures um, to see what I could find of, of Clayton. And unfortunately, this was the beginning, like I said, of, of me doing the social media um, with, with the team. However, if you uh, notice, that is – grass at Gursky Stadium. It is, yeah. Gursky Stadium went renovations after the 2012 season and opened with turf in 2013. And, and Clayton played, like I said, senior fall of 2011. And most of the pictures I have of him are at being a team captain, of yeah. course, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. Uh, walking out to the field, standing out there with his, uh, his, his brothers on the gridiron. I don't have a ton of action shots of him, unfortunately. I do have a nice one here in the huddle of him at Hershey Park in that 2011 game, which yeah. I remember that 2011 season, how it started with that loss at Mifflin, you know, and we're like, right. oh, man, how's this How's this going to go? You know, is this going to be a rough year? And, oh, man, they, that was quite the team. And it's an interesting thing because we actually, I mentioned in the interview we'll get to with Coach Doms later, mentioned the 2011 team because they had to be road warriors to yes. get to that district championship game. Yes. And that kind of applies here to this 2021 team, as we'll get to in a little bit. But um, that was an incredible squad. They kind of overachieved. Everyone thought they 
were a year early because they were littered with amazing juniors, that, that group that went on in 2012 to win the district title. That 2011 team was, was very underrated entering the season, and it, it kind of took hold at first because of that loss to Mifflin, but then they really exploded and uh, won against Daniel Boone and Cumberland Valley on the road to go and play as the road team against Central Dolphin in that district championship game. You can see that picture on the right there of, of Clayton in the huddle. Um, but this last picture here also was brought up um, over the last few days. Uh, discussions is it's one that I used for the the memorial that that we had put out for the for the team earlier this week, and I just said. Uh, cut out the picture of of Clayt blocking here um, for yeah. Rodney Gillen, yeah. and apparently it was brought up by Leroy that uh, yeah, Clayt's holding. <laughs> Which so, uh, that sounds that sounds right on par. It's right? a, you know, it's just per, like perfectly. Um, I don't think he is. You know, the more no, I look no. at it, he's not he's holding just, the he's jersey, just dominating he's, the kids. He's, that's got, all. he's got a good good block and uh, yeah. blocking for Rodney Gillen, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. at Wilson, and that's a. Uh, one of the guys that Clay got the block for. So, um, yeah, we don't, you know, again, we um, we wish the Sean Hour family the best. And um, the outpouring of uh, love and support for them just shows how important and how, what a great asset they have been to Wilson football and the Wilson community for decades now. Yeah. And you can't undersell um, their commitment to the school and, and the football program. So, uh, yeah, just we'll take uh, kind of like at the game last night. We're going to take a brief moment of silence in memory of Clayton Schonauer. So it was tough last night. Getting back on the field, uh, having to play the football game for many reasons. One of them, specifically the weather, was it was rough. It was rough yesterday. Yeah. Pouring, pouring rain. I think you would have seen a lot more games. Not, I'm not necessarily saying the Wilson game, but I think you would have seen a lot more games uh, postponed if it wasn't the last week of the season. Right. Uh, I, and I, I agree. by that I mean like around the district and honestly around the state because it was kind of all over the place last night. But I feel like you would have seen a lot more, especially the teams with grass fields. So maybe on some of the smaller, um, on some of the smaller schools and everything. But with the playoffs looming and no thunder or lightning, um, I understand the thunder's not dangerous, but the lightning, <laughs> um, you know, you can't have the thunder really, without the that's lightning. That's right. We discussed so. that last week's show. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think. You know, there was no way they not again just for Wilson here. Like they were obviously going to play the game, you know, and uh, the way Wilson's been going lately, the kind of you know thought, well, you know, we need to protect the ball, which is an issue for everybody in in the pouring rain, not just wet. It, it, yeah, it was, it was pouring, pouring and windy, and um, but like all right, I think we're game to run it. You know, like yeah. run. Uh, you want to get into a battle of run games. I will take our shot because that's what we do best. Well, with the way things have been going the last few weeks, that has become Wilson's offensive identity. And I said to my dad leading up to it when the forecast kept kind of getting 
worse and the bullseye was right on game you know game time was supposed to be really bad from like five to nine good great grand wonderful I, but I said to him, I was like, honestly, that plays into our hand because T- Township wants to throw the ball. Oh, right. Their sophomore quarterback, Hayden Johnson, I th- believe was leading section one in, in, I think in, so. as a passer and um, one of the top guys throughout all of the sections in the LL League. They have dynamic wide receivers. Obviously, everyone knows Anthony Ivey after what he's done now for four years uh, with the Blue Streaks, but they have a couple other guys, huge weapons, and they hadn't really found – a groove on the ground. So you're thinking, right. well, the Wilson offense should be and, able to hit their bread and butter, but what will town should be able to do Yeah, on the field before the game though? I said to you, I was like the rain, like I, yeah, it makes it hard. Cause it was raining hard at times, but I was like, the wind may affect the passing game more than the rain does. Yeah, you know, well, we like saw, I know the ball gets slippery, but the wind, the wind was wild. We and, saw during warmups, them trying to chuck the ball, even just to like, here, we're done with this. Take it off the sideline. Right, they couldn't just, even complete. Right, the ball just fl- was flying in, in floating the, or in, dropping. Yeah. You couldn't tell what was going on. So we expected a ground heavy game, and well, we definitely got it. It delivered in in every sense of of, of the word or the expectations. Um, Wilson ended up with three hundred and thirty three yards on the ground, averaging five point two. And you pointed this out immediately after getting the stat sheets yesterday. Yeah. 64 rushes from the Bulldogs. Yeah. I mean, talk about, you said, Gursky-esque to win a league championship in that manner. 64 rushes for 333 yards. 21st downs, 17 of them on the ground. It was, it, the teams combined for 15 pass attempts, only completing seven it was it was However, not a night to throw the ball. Two of Wilson's biggest plays came in the air, though. And by biggest, yeah. I don't necessarily mean like the, longest yards. The only two mean, completions yeah. were both game equally changers. important. They're game changers. Well, the first one tied the game at seven. Yeah. Right before the halftime. Like Fifteen seconds till halftime. I think it was yeah, something like that. After getting first and goal and then getting back. Yeah, up. having a variety of issues. Got in the end zone. Wilson Township tied seven and seven going into halftime. Next one, much later now, fourth quarter. Yeah, Wilson nursing a seven point lead, right? Or is this to go get take to get the lead? lead. Okay, yeah. So this is the Wilson's first drive of the fourth quarter. Right after Township had tied the game fourteen to fourteen on an Anthony Ivy reception on the first play of the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. And then Wilson got the ball back, drove to I don't about not quite midfield. They kicked and Cam ran it back to like the forty or something like that. Their forty. Yes, and Wilson needed right. needed to keep the ball so that they could go and try to take the lead. And on what what it was third third and, and what was it for? It was eleven or twelve yeah, something like yeah. that. Brad finds Sean Dendel, right? Who, who's open? The ball's a little high, right. and he makes an extraordinary so leaping. I catch. also know on the stream. You couldn't see it because, like me, I don't believe me with the iPad, but <laughs> like me, um, the hard pump fake to the near side of the field caught caught me. Caught but it. like, you're in wide angle, kind of on, yeah, on, the, iPad, on the iPad, yeah. And so, um, you know, trying to find it, but they said like it was all over the place, couldn't find it, which I understand. Like, and and you saw up there, 
it was hard to follow at times because the glare coming off of the puddles on the field yeah. and like just everything it was it was difficult to kind of do some of those things um but man what a catch and um i think i think it might have been in paul roberts interview um with brad he talked about how he thought he overthrew him at first <laughs> you know and so did i i i, I thought right. so too and man sean dendel like, what a catch i i don't know if he is officially the tallest wide receiver but he's got to be close at like, six three six four whatever he is yeah eddie like, and austin are pretty tall right but like he used every inch of it <laughs> There, like that was yeah. He took care of it. I mean, yeah. everyone. Man, there weren't were, many people in the stands, even no. though it was senior night. The weather was just that awful. But that one got an audible gasp and yeah. eventual cheer when we realized yeah. oh, he had held gosh. on to yep. it and caught the ball. Well, that's what the a thing great too. Play. Like it's a gr- that's an amazing catch in ideal conditions, right? In Not windy and dry. In the conditions on on last night, like that's an insane catch. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, play by Sean Wilson ends up going down the field. <laughs> it's and, been a few weeks and, since and, and scoring. And uh, yeah, without without that catch, who knows what happens? Wilson has to punt, which they didn't do all game. Yeah, you, you would think because of where the ball was. Right. Although yeah. went for it earlier and didn't yeah. get it right. right at the beginning of the yeah, game. Yeah, but it was long yardage. Like, yeah, I don't know. I right. we, I think we probably punt at that point most likely and then who knows but converted get the touchdown defense forces a three Three now with a huge sack by a multitude of guys but i believe the first one there was memo i believe so and got the key play from the defense when they needed it forced the punt right wilson gets the ball deep in their own territory with six minutes left and i i said to you i'm like let's just run out the clock (laughs) And that's exactly, that's what, exactly they did. what they did. Manheim Township had four plays in the fourth quarter. They scored on the very first play, the Ivy touchdown. Then they had the three and out between the two long Wilson touchdowns. Or, yeah. well, the two long Wilson drives. Drives, right. And I pointed out to you that it was a five-minute drive, five-plus-minute drive that ended 15 seconds before the end of the half in the first half. And then Wilson had the six-minute drive to run out the clock. And – I'll give us the benefit of that. I think we would have scored a touchdown if we wanted to in that moment. And there's the camp touchdown. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it for sure. Um, just uh, there's a, there's a few things as, as if you're watching us, you can watch the highlights going on. I'm just going to point out some of the statistics here. Um, you know, Obviously, first downs, Wilson 20 to 8. That's a win. Yard rushing, 333 to 137. That's huge. Um, Passing pretty even, uh, 71 for Township, 53 for Wilson. But we talked about the two completions Wilson had were huge. The one you just saw to Cam at the end of the first half. A total yards, Wilson 386 to Township, 208. But here are two other huge ones, Justin. Time of possession. Yeah. 3150 for Wilson to 1610. That's crazy. For Mannheim Township. Here's and here's the play. Here's and you the play. saw you saw me like kind of bite on the fake. But there he is. He's wide open. I thought he overthrew him and goes up with one hand, comes down but you with know what, two. You know what's crazy there is like sometimes guys will jump too soon in that situation. Like he he was patient. He waited for it and Got what he needed. Here. What incredible vision by Jaden there. Yeah. That was up the middle and yep. he bounces it outside. The patience he has. It's funny. 
because um, again, I heard in one of the interviews, Dom's was talking about uh, Cam's patience on his returns, and and we saw that on display. But you also like Jaden's patience, you know, and he waits for his blockers, and yeah, it was uh, it was it was a fun night to to quote Coach Dom's. You know, it's the weather. Yeah, it is what it is. But when you win, it's fun. Right. Right. <laughs> like, in in the second half alone, Township's offense only had the ball for five minutes and twenty seven section seconds. Well, and it's funny because we talked about. This was not in an interview, but like in, in a discussion with Coach Wolber, like literally on the way to the car last night, like he talked about making halftime adjustments and the adjustments they made worked. Yeah. Like we, I want to say we were getting gashed on the ground, but like Township was very effectively running the ball in the first half. Yes. And Wilson adjusted, and then they were not. I believe in the first half, they had over 100 yards rushing. They finished the game with 137. Right. So, I think when the they he got threw the out ball, there was 27 yards in the second half. Is that what it was? I think that's what he told us. 27 rushing yards. So 110 in the first half, 27 in the second. Time of possession has something to do with that, but their adjustment also had a huge right. deal because there were no big but runs. The time in the of second possession half. is also because we had the ball and they 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 couldn't. Yeah, right. So, um, g- great great coaching. We see that pregame. We saw it with the halftime adjustments. Everything went Wilson's way in that regard. Finally, this week, call for less penalties than yeah. our opponent. We literally more cut, yards. Yes, but, but we, less penalties. But we cut it in half from last week. Oh yeah, hey, that's an improvement. Hey, let's cut it in half for next week too. That and would be great. I actually think we lost the turnover battle because of the interception. Okay, yeah, but we each each I team also, lost two. Fumbles. I was thinking of that too. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about. So like, yeah, you hate to you hate to throw the interception, but it was fourth down, and he's about to get tackled. Right. No, so it's like, one of those that I would rather if you, you weren't going to kick the field goal, you're not really losing points. Right. You know, I, like it, I'd rather you throw it than take the sack in that situation. Yeah. Like I, that one didn't like. Yes, I want the touchdown, but right. that one I wasn't like. It was like yeah, whatever. That's, you know, you're right. disappointed, but it's fine. Um, so yeah, Wilson loses the turnover battle. Lo- technically, um, well, yardage wise, loses the penalty battle, but still wins the game. Right. But uh, honestly, for the most part, I thought that some the of those team executed too, like, really well. Manheim Township had like a personal foul, at, like the three yard line. So instead of fifteen <laughs> yards, it's yeah. one, just a few. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly, for by and large, I thought the team executed very well. Um, first half, maybe some defensive issues with uh, the running game, but we heard after the game from Coach Wolver of why that was happening, and then immediately what they did to change it, and that worked. Right. Like that's what you want to see from the coaching staff, and then the kids executing the changes. Yep. They did it exactly how they wanted it uh, to be done. The other team statistic thing I wanted to point out, Justin Wilson defense got Township off the field, zero for six on third downs. Wow! You know what Wilson's offense was? I do not know. Six of thirteen. Hey. So you're not at that fifty percent or higher, but you're immensely better than your opponent. So you're able to continue. However. Drives. Was one of those third downs the one where we where we uh, knelt the ball at the end? Probably, like, you know. So like, if that counts as one, then we then we might have hit the fifty percent mark, you know. Like, um, but yes, like that that's a world of difference. It's a world of difference. Um, those little things add up when you're playing good teams. We right. mentioned it in in some games. In let's face it, in the first three games of the of section play and league play, you can get away with a lot of that stuff. The last two weeks. It's going to be magnified. Your mistakes are magnified. And last week, there were still a lot of mistakes. We made enough plays to win. 
this week. There were still some mistakes, not as many, but still some mistakes. But we played. I feel like we played better this week. I, I don't know. It's hard to say, like because it was just like a lineup and like slugfest. Right. Like it was true. Yeah. Like haven't seen one of those games both sides really. Like when was the last time Manheim Township? Oh, I don't. Obviously, we don't know. When was the last time Manheim Township attempted only ten passes in a game? You know, yeah, or completed only five. Absolutely. You know, like it's not. That's not. No. Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the duo of quarterback Brad Hoffman and starting running back Jaden Jones combined for fifty-five carries and three hundred twenty-five yards and two touchdowns, both by the quarterback, and. Um, you know, we mentioned only two completions, huge. Sean Dendel, one for 32, keeps the what turns out to be the game-winning scoring drive alive. And Cam Jones, one for 21 in the touchdown. I believe that's his first receiving touchdown of the year, isn't it? I think so. Because he's had him on so. rushing and returning in both phases. Right. Unless, uh, I don't did know he that have he, one? A receive, I don't think See, he had a receiving one, did he? Did he have one? Was it a receiving or was it a rushing when he, like, Cut in front because I thought he had one maybe against MLK or McCaskey or something. Where I like, think that they might have. Oh. You know what I mean? Like the little, yeah, like, was shovel that a pass, pass? But it could have been. Was he? Right. Was he back? Was I know backwards. he has some offensive touchdowns. I do not know if it's his first. Well, this touchdown. one was definitely a. a this is a, definitely <laughs> this is a definitely genius. a passing yes. touchdown. Yes. Um, defensively speaking, for the Bulldogs, uh, leading the way was Gavin Leonard with four tackles, one of which was for loss. Um, up next was. Uh, Eddie Case, John Ramsey, and Josh Drake all had three solo tackles. Uh, Ramsey had one and a half for loss and and chipped in on half a sack, sharing that one with Dominic Memo, who, man, he has been terrorizing quarterbacks since we entered league play. He has been a man on the mission. He really, uh, him and John both seem to have kicked it up a notch since we entered league play, and it really came through these last two weeks against Hemphill and Township. Well, I think it was in... We interviewed Coach Wolber last week, correct? Yes, yes, we did. And I think he mentioned about Memo being like one of the fastest kids they have off the line. Like he's just so quick off of off the line on the snap. Um, and yeah, he just man, he flies in there, and that's that's great. And it helps set the tone. And uh, we're gonna need more of those guys stepping up. Like we, I, I feel like, and maybe it's because of the outcome, it's easier to kind of just say it, but. I feel like there were there have been improvements from last week to this week, um, and now we're at the point where like you while you would hope to have some of those things, you know, not like worked out. Maybe we're at a point where I I feel like if we can clean the, some of the little things up a little bit more, man, like you, who knows what the potential is? Yeah. We talked about this across the board in District Three. There are probably more teams that you could see winning see a path to the district final then there are playoff spots you know what i mean like uh central dolphin is out yeah but like if you would tell me they would get it together and, and find their way there it wouldn't have surprised me you know like so yeah. well there was a moment at points yesterday i guess entering the games fridays or maybe even when some of the games went final that people thought hemfield might not make it Right, and I think if anyone who watched our game knows that that was a pretty evenly matched game. Yeah, uh, we've been saying it for for months now. Right, there's, I believe, all eight teams that make the district field 
could win the district championship. I, I truly believe that. Now, are Central York and Harrisburg probably the odds-on favorites? Sure. Well, they're the one and the two for a reason. Right, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. And what with what Central York did to William Penn last night. And combined, they've lost one game, right? Right. And, and that one game was to Governor, Governor Mifflin. Mifflin. Yeah. So, yeah, they're 19-1. and one. They're, they're, they're looking good. Odds-on favorites. However, if you say you get one of them or the other seven teams, I take the other seven teams. If you say you get... You have to take the two of them or the other six teams. I'll take the two of them. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you get you. Central York or you the field the or Harrisburg or the field. Yes, <laughs> or you get Central York and Harrisburg or the field. Yeah. It, it's a different question. If you only get one of them, I'm taking the the other seven. Yeah, oh yeah. If yep. you get one and two, I'll, I'll take them just because well they're nineteen and one. Like they have proved that they're the best of six A. Right. But they each have had their moments and their scares. Central York nearly lost to Exeter in week one. Harrisburg nearly lost to State College last week. Uh, they also nearly lost to CD East a few weeks ago. They're not invincible. They're starting, uh, I believe, is he a freshman at quarterback for Harrisburg? I think so. And CD East I Actually, has, I know they are because they, they beat Pine Richland in week one. And everybody's like, they just went out and beat Pine Richland with a freshman yeah. quarterback. <laughs> Um, Pine Richland, I believe, finished six and four on the year, so a down yeah. year for them. Interesting year, I'm it, sure. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> um, CD East has postseason eligibility concerns with their star uh, player because of the transfer rules. <laughs> York William Penn ha- is facing um, two ejections from their game against Central York. I've heard that they're not significant contributors to the team. I haven't been able to get a, a, a firm answer on that, but if those suspensions could, that come with ejections are, are upheld because uh, York going Penn did say they were going to appeal them, those two players will be ineligible to suit up for the first-round playoff game. And obviously, there's a whole bunch of teams from Wilson down to the bottom that have lost three or four games. So all these teams have question marks, but all of them have also proved they belong there, including Wilson, who's on a five-game winning streak. And what team out there, including Central York and Harrisburg, will be excited to see the Bulldogs on the other side? Right, exactly. And you look at it, I say, all right, so Central York and Harrisburg. Harrisburg lost er much earlier in the season. Outside of that, though, I don't know CD East's, like, when their losses were. But I'm like, I don't know. Outside the top two, like who has won five in a row coming in? You know, like and like you said, I I know yeah, there's just teams Harrisburg and Central, right? right yeah. I know there's like, you know, teams aren't going to be like, yes, we got Wilson. You know, and you alluded to it earlier. We're we're gonna we're going on the road, right? So we're going on the road. Well, and. Yeah, well, we, we can we can finish. Well, I was going to say let's we're we're starting to talk playoffs now, but yeah. before we do that, let's let's finish up with Manheim Township, and then we'll do our our sponsors, and then we'll move to power ratings and playoffs. So first off, we want to congratulate our player of the game. Um, not not big numbers on the stat sheet, but a huge yeah, moment in the game. Uh, and and we we say don't all tell the, the whole story. We say it all the time. This is our player of the game. This is what we decide, and it may not be um, what you would traditionally think of player of the game. Leaning heavily on stats, we always kind of throw a wrench. Last week, we did the entire offensive line, right. um, which they, I think they were very deserving. They could have won it this week as well. I thought they played a very strong game. Yeah. You rush for 333 yards, someone's doing something right. And obviously, we could have gone with Brad, Jaden, or Cam as well. Cam, return, call, return touchdown called back again for a block in the back. Um, 
but but we're going with the guy that you know we already talked about what an amazing play it was so sean dendel that one reception for 32 yards was stellar it was amazing to watch and it's amazing what it led to because it gave eventually wilson the lead that they never relinquished so for the first time this year senior wide receiver linebacker sean dendel is our player of the game for his contributions against Manheim Township. And you talked about, or we talked about off the air before the show of how Wilson has become essentially almost like a 75% running team. That's tough on wide receivers because, you know, obviously like most offensive players that aren't in the trenches, they want the ball. They want the ball in their hands. The receivers haven't had that opportunity the last few weeks, but they're not complaining. Right. You know why? Because they're winning. Right. And that's all that matters. Right. And you got to be ready. And when the time came, Sean made a huge play. Like, you know, that was it a scoring play? No. It, it literally was a 32-yard first down. However, it led to the game-winning score. Like, without that play, the game-winning score does not happen. Right. Um, and making that play at that time, like, not all th- – not all plays are equal. Yeah, I know that sounds silly because you think about like every play can adds up to win the game, and that's absolutely true. But like, you know, it. Well, this one just well, sticks out because right. everyone was just in shock at right. the, the way he caught it, and it prevented Wilson from needing the punt, and it led to a Bulldogs touchdown. Yep. Um, and we we've seen uh, similar performances from from Cam and from uh, TJ Flight. So it's uh, it's imperative that these receivers aren't getting as many looks in the passing game, but they're still out there blocking in the running game. Yep. And you know how how many of those big downfield runs by Brad or Jaden were allowed to continue or happen at all because of downfield block blocking yeah. from the wide receivers? Well, the one we just saw where, um, and it, it was uh, on one of the last drives. It might have been the last drive when. Uh, the first play of that last drive when Jaden breaks it down the near, you know, our sideline. Well, there's a reason the sideline's open. You know, like it's because right. people are making their blocks downfield. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we named them our players of the game last week after the win against Hempfield. This week we caught up with them. Yes, all of them after yes. the section championship clinching win versus Manheim Township. So let's hear from our offensive line blockers and their coach after the Bulldogs beat the Blue Streaks. All right, we're here post-game this week with our players of the game from last week, the offensive line, and we're talking to them this week again because, well, they just helped put up 333 rushing yards and clinch an undefeated run through the Lancaster Legend League Section 1. Offensive linemen, blocking tight ends, we got it all here. Congratulations, guys. How does it feel? Feels amazing. Feels great. A lot of people doubted us wrong. We proved a lot of people wrong, too. Yeah. We had and some we put mishaps, the work in. but, you know, it's always about how you respond. Last week, you guys led the way for a huge effort from Brad and Jaden. Same things happens this week. Did you say during practice that the coaches tell you we're keeping it on the ground before we knew about the weather? Absolutely. Yeah, we knew yeah. we were going to pound it down their throats, yeah. and that's and the know because they couldn't stop. We just know they can't do anything about it. Like, they, they can put eight in the box. They can put nine in the box. Yeah. They can put all 11. They're not going to stop us. That's yeah. our mentality. That's not going to stop us. All right. What do you have to say about LCD over there? Best line coach, Best line coach
When you got good shit to work with, you get good results. <laughs> he's buying us Applebee's. He's a tip. All right. Always, always looking at Applebee's. Motivate linemen with food. Yeah. Tip for any line coach. Motivate them with food. That's not surprising whatsoever. So we don't want to keep you out here in the elements anymore. We don't know who you're playing next, but you're alive in the second season. You're going to move up in the power ratings, and you just won the Lancaster Legend League Section 1. Congratulations, guys. Good luck next week. All the best. All right, so uh, they seem very excited. Yeah, enthusiastic. Very enthusiastic. Oh, well, you just it. you just push guys around and you ran for three hundred thirty-three yards. Like, yeah, you won five in a row. You won the league yeah. outright. You're not sharing that with anyone, right? I, it you couldn't ask for more. No, and, you could not. And again, and I know they 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 talked about it. You know, five weeks ago. They're hearing it from everybody. We heard that a couple times this year in the post-game huddles, like Coach Thomas mentioned. Like, hey, you know, there's going to be a lot of people talking, a lot of people talking, and you got to put that behind you and and play better, right? And what have we done? We put it behind us and we played better. Like, that that's all you can do. Yeah, I mean, there were doubts entering Penn Manor coming off of that Mannheim Central game. They responded there. Yeah, think back to the Penn Manor game. Everybody yeah, we were, was thinking, is no this idea. it? Is this it? Like, remember Lancaster? There were a bunch of reporters there. Why? Because Pemmer had never beat Wilson, and people thought maybe this is the year. They were four and one. Like maybe this happens. Not nope. so fast, my friend. Yeah. All right. So last week we got to ca- ca- catch up with defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber. We hadn't talked to him for a while, and we haven't talked to head coach Doug Doms in a while either. So Justin and I tracked him down after he spent his time talking with uh, Paul Roberts in the rain. He spent a few minutes talking to us in the rain. So here's our interview post-game with Wilson head coach Doug Doms. All right, we're joined post-game now with Wilson head coach Doug Doms. Coach, we haven't got to talk to you a while. A lot has happened since the last time we talked. You know, your team your team was two and three at mid midseason. At any point, did you expect the team to buckle up like this and make an undefeated run through the section five and zero, winning? back-to-back titles now well it was we always felt we had the ability to we had a brutal non-league schedule and then we had all those injuries at one point we had eight starters at one point uh, and then Jade was suspended for two games so then we were making a mistake after mistake after mistake so we just kept preaching you know I said to the kids hey we're not going to do anything different we're not going to coach anything different show saying the only thing off the table is one of the games at the beginning against a rival everything else you can play for is still out there it's not time to fold and give up and the, the team seemed to really rally around what what you have been saying and the coaches have been preaching that, that there's a lot left to go in the season and here we are at the end finished seven and three undefeated run through the section it really seems over the last especially three weeks you found an offensive identity a ground and pound on uh, Jaden and Brad is that something that showed itself as the season wore on, did you expect to be able to run reliably with the two of them? What changed over the last few weeks? Well, you know, at the beginning of the year, we knew Brad had a strong arm, all right? But 
you know, having come out of a wing T system, he's not used to reading the coverages and seeing the different coverages and finding the open receiver. But what we did find out is he can run the rock. And uh, you're, that was probably a good way to put it. We found our identity, uh, you know, between Jaden and between Brad. That's, you know, it's, as I said, you know, there's a two-headed monster that people have to deal with. Did you um, have a, a, a lot to um, overcome this week with uh, an emotional um, – how did you speak to the team about what happened this week? I talked to him last night and I, I broke up because you know, I'm very close. You know, I coached all of the Sean Hours. I coached the dad, I coached the uncle, and I coached all four of the boys and they, they'll do anything for you. So I, I have a very close relationship with them. So telling the kids was really hard. I mean, I was breaking up and I'm going to be in trouble tomorrow because I'm doing the eulogy. So, you know, it's going to be one of those, okay, give me a moment because I'm going to have to gather myself. It's tough. It's tough. I don't know that there's a single person involved in the Wilson football program that doesn't have some kind of attachment to the Schonauer family. Um, now looking a little bit ahead, we just talked about some of the scores that happened. It's going to shake up the power ratings even in a way that I didn't necessarily expect. We thought maybe possibly you could be meeting CD East. That's still on the table. Um, have you looked at any of the teams that were in front that you could match up with? Were there any you were hopeful to maybe hit? Um, this, for a variety of reasons. At this stage, it was like, hey, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, it's such a it's such a zoo trying to figure those things out because you got to know what who everybody played, who their te- the teams they played, who they're playing, and you know, I mean, I don't know how they do that in the district three. I'm sure they have a well, they have every game on a spreadsheet probably, but you know, hey, whoever we get, we get. It would be nice to know tonight because. You know, give us a little more time to prepare. I hate when we don't know until Saturday night, but Harrisburg played, right? I believe so. They were against Chambersburg. I do not right. have a final on that yet. I'll have to look. So well, I will give you. Tonight, that's great. I will give you my best estimate as soon as possible. Yeah, um, text we, me. <laughs> my my guess is you're going to have to be road warriors. I think you could climb to five with because of some of the results, but you're going to have to go on the you road. Think we'll climb above York. I don't think so because all the simulations I had been running, I had usually assuming Century would beat William Penn, and they were still sitting there. So they or CDE, since they also lost, most likely going to be um, three four. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It could be interesting. But going on the road, your team's done it before. It's been a been a hot minute. I think it's been ten years since you've been below the uh, four line entering uh, the playoffs. We were Warriors when we were up to Altoona that year. Uh, yeah, that was you're talking two thousand seven now. Yeah. So yeah, you're going way back on us. Yeah. Um, is there any different mental standpoint when you have to most likely win all your games on the road if you want to become district champ? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you prefer to play at home. It's a comfort zone. You have your locker rooms. You don't have to deal with all the miscellaneous stuff. But hey, you got to go on the road to win. You got to go on the road to win. Doesn't all matter. Right. All right, coach. Well, thanks for talking to us. Uh, Try to get dry, and we hope that we get to talk to you next week as well. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks. All right, so there you have it. Those are our interviews post-game with the offensive line and Coach Doms. And uh, I know we have um, at at least while the offensive line interview was going on, why missing offensive line coach uh, O'Neill was watching, said he likes that. He likes the O-line interview. He likes that O-line coach. And uh, I'm sure uh, LCD would say ditto. Yes. For uh, the effort that uh, that that Coach O'Neill and the Wyoming Spartans have put forth, congratulations to them on their yeah. 
um, Burke's Section 2 title today, another undefeated run for them. And, um, you know, a little bittersweet because the end of the Burks Football League and what was known as the IC, as we know it, as we've talked about many times here, the Burks and Lancaster Lebanon Leagues are merging. All the Burks, remaining Burks teams are becoming affiliate members of the LL. And I put out there, um, Bruce Badgley commented about, you know, basically that it was bittersweet. And I said, hey, let's have a Burks team win all, was it five sections of the uh, the Lancaster Lebanon Burks League, which I know it's not going to be called that, but it should. I don't uh, know that I can get on board with that. You, you maybe, can't get on maybe, board with that? Maybe, what, uh, five sections next I year? I think it's five sections. I'll settle for four settle out for, of five. So four in Columbia, is that where you're that's, anything? That's where I'm going, yeah. I'm assuming they're in five. Columbia would be in five. Congratulations to the Tide that for would be, winning that would be my uh, guess. Yeah. section four of the LL League. Oh, um, yeah. Especially their quarterback, uh, Mr. Footman. Yeah, Incredible Robert Footman year. Putting up huge uh, numbers. Hey, this year. Liking our uh, flag post of yes, the championship. Yes, so, yes. hey, you know, a little uh, mutual respect yeah. from Wilson and, to and Columbia. Last week, last week, leading up to the Hemfield game, uh, 717 Sports, uh, yes. LL centric uh, kind of sports um, feed there. Did uh, They gave uh, you the wrap off special. Sent, yeah, they sent out a tweet featuring. Information on Robert Footman in Columbia and an interview with Coach Downs. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> this is everything I need. Right. <laughs> I love everything about this. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's our Manheim Township recap. Again, wet night, senior night. Congratulations to the senior players and cheerleaders. And, yes, um, also comment, I think it was uh, David Long mentioned um, – you know, shout out to the the people that are there to watch, especially ones that weren't there just because they had a uh, family involved. But huge shout out to the cheerleaders for braving it out. Oh my gosh! And, and cheering throughout sen- the game. And the senior cheerleaders were just like they were full into it. Like they fourth quarters come around, they were just like Most jumping around. Last and home screaming. football game. Yeah, that was their yeah. la- last chance to do that in that in that setting, that scenario in front of those fans, in front of their their family and friends. Uh, I said, so kudos to everyone said, that, I felt, that, that powered through. I, I said it a couple of times to people who knew I was being sarcastic, but I was like, ah, it wasn't that bad as I stood inside. <laughs> right, and, yeah. You know. I had a bunch of people today at work just say, I don't know, how did you, how did you make it through? You know, I, I got there and turned right around. I was like, well, to be honest, <laughs> I was out pregame. I got pictures. Right. I, I broadcast the uh, – the senior night stuff um, with my with the iPad. I took pictures of, of, the, of the football players, and then you saw us doing all that stuff post game. But during the game, I went up to the press box, and it's not because I was too cold or too wet. I was scared to death that something would happen to my camera. Yeah, and I am not going to be the one that breaks a <laughs> expensive device like that, especially one that. I use so often this time of year, and especially that we're in the second season now. I don't want to be without a, a camera to document, uh, hopefully, a playoff run. Right, right. So, yes, I, I was up in the press box during the game only because, right. I mean, if you would like to buy me a new camera, people out there listening. You have a spare. I'll, I'll take a picture. I'll take pictures in the rain. Right. Uh, but until that happens, right. if something like, like that kind of rain happens again, I'm going to try to retreat to some to, some to, uh to uh, just real wherever quick, I can stay a little bit more yeah. dry. Bef- before we get into the next thing here, I just want to put bring up the stat you put out today. About, oh yes, yeah. Like oh my gosh, what is he like one oh one one hundred and five yeah, or one oh one and six or something I, like that? It, there's at the beginning of the year, I always try to see like what milestones are coming up, mostly for for the coaches. 
uh, unless we have a returning player that's making you know a lot of yards or touchdowns or whatever, uh, winning streaks and milestones and whatnot. And Coach Dom's reached a hundred wins as a head coach against LL one opponents. Last week's win against Hempfield was number one hundred. So last night against Township was one hundred one. I mean, that sounds crazy, but, uh, you know, 16 years as a head coach, when you don't think about it, you're just like, yeah, okay. What I think the crazy part that people don't get right away, unless they see the second number, is the number of losses, right. which is five. Yeah. He's 101 and five against LL one teams. And that is just regular season. If you add playoffs in, I think he's – a hundred and seven and six, because they. I believe the only LO team they lost to in the playoffs was Manheim Township in 2017. But they've also beaten Township three times in the playoffs. They've beaten Penn, Penn Manor twice in the playoffs, and they beat McCaskey once in the playoffs many years ago. But while Coach Doms was the head coach, so just absurd. Like that winning percentage, a hundred and one out of a hundred and six, five total losses to LO1 opponents in 16 years. I mean, and you saw it. I, I, I commented on, on the thread what his records are against all the teams that have appeared yeah. in Section 1. And he's 16-0 and versus Penn Manor, McCaskey, and Hempfield. 14-0 and versus Cedar Crest because they dropped down to Section 2 for two years. 13-3 and against Township. So three of the five losses are to uh, the Blue Streaks, but... We got the one last night, so that's the one that matters right now. 12-2 and two versus Warwick. One of those two losses was in 2007, the week before uh, or weeks before the loss to Manheim Township that kick-started the, the long winning streak against league opponents. And then uh, the war, other Warwick loss was in 2018. 4-0 versus Reading, 4-0 versus Conestoga Valley, 2-0 versus Lebanon, Lancaster Catholic, and Effort, and all those those five teams I just mentioned, they were only up in Section 1 for two to four years um, in the 16-year run of Coach Doms as head coach at Wilson so far. But I just unbelievable. Like, I knew every time I update that record, I'm always like, this is crazy. And I need to say something when he gets to 100 wins. Well, I was off by a week, but just absurd. I mean, it's just yes. it's just really crazy, the the statistics that, that he's putting up. And it, it always amazes me, the people that don't, respect it or understand it or still yeah, find like ways to complain like how how crazy that is yeah it, it's it's just it is it's crazy it's crazy to, to think about um yeah 95.3 percent winning percentage against section one pretty good teams yeah uh, yeah i mean his overall winning percentage is 83.2 so I, i'm pretty sure every team in the state would probably take I'm not sure there's too many that can best that. Right. Can't be more than a handful if that. Uh so yeah, so that was fun. I enjoyed seeing that. And he he actually hit another milestone, I believe, a few weeks ago. It might have been at Cedar Crest was his two hundredth game as head coach. Wow. Uh for for Wilson, I believe I believe that's what it was. So those are the ones that I saw at the beginning of the year and of course I, I missed them both by a, a week or two remembering them. Um but I, I think next year we'll have some assistant coaches hitting some milestones and victories and, and games coached and whatnot because many on the staff have been there for for a while, and they have a lot to, to show for it, a lot of success. So 
All right. Let's uh, head into our district playoff preview. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, including my dad, uh, Bill Mays and Mays Sandwich Shop for um, helping set up and present the Bulldog Hour uh, since the, since the beginning, way back in, uh, July, 2015. And we also want to thank, uh, our newest sponsor uh, now going on a month plus with Mike Drago and Mike Drago sports.com. He was there braving the weather on, uh, <laughs> after the game on Friday night he, as well. He was running around out there, getting his interviews, getting stuff posted. And once again, I believe for, is it the fifth time in 10 weeks that Something Wilson crazy. was the yes. game of the week, the go yes. big recruiting.com game of the week via Mike Drago sports.com. And, uh, if you're into, uh, soccer, yes, they have a comprehensive yeah. burst scholastic soccer coverage with Jason Guarante. Uh, Wilson girls won today. Yeah. They Moving did. on. So congratulations to the ladies there. And um, one of the things that I saw, uh, or, this is just like a minor detail, but it's something I really like is that like he put uh, Mike puts out like the game recap, like a, a short summary, like right away, you know, yep. he's kind of writing as the game's going on. He has to, in order to get it out that quick. But then like when it's updated, it's clearly like it's clear in the, in the link, like in the title to the article, it's like updated with yep. box score, updated and box score and stuff. So like you know, like oh, I'm gonna go back and read it right. now to like get. Yeah, did what I already read in. that? Do I need to click on this link? Right, like yeah. I like that it's clear. I know that happens with articles, lots of places, but usually it's you have to look and it's like last update. Right, right. Yeah. No, like it's clear. So like because and we t- he mentioned this when he was on the show. He's like teams like people read when they win the big games. Oh you know? yeah, like and. So when, like, you know, I'm contributing my clicks when when oh, when, so like, when they win, I. and when when the teams I root for, specifically, like, you know, the other teams, not so much Wilson, but specifically the other teams, like, I want nothing to do with that. Like, I haven't clicked on the athletic as much the last couple of weeks, but yeah, um, it's been a little bit rough <laughs> yeah. in college and pro football, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, same thing is true. You know, I get I get tagged in a variety of things running the Wilson social media accounts. If you wrote about Wilson, I'm gonna read it, and uh, that's true about Mike. That's true about Paul. That's true about Jim. It's yeah, Bobby I, Burks. Right. Um, and and I, I appreciate it. Like, I get a ton of, of right now football from from Jim and Paul, but I get to read the other stuff through Spotlight. Which yeah, is, which so is I think in, I think he was at three sports today. Yeah, um, including girls water polo. I was going to say water polo, soccer, field hockey, volleyball. Which uh, congratulations to the girls volleyball team, yeah, back they, to back Berks County champions. Right, and they won their district. They won, and they play Exeter on Tuesday for right. the fourth time this year, three and zero against them so far. So hopefully they can win more time. I believe that would get them to the final four then. And it would qualify them for states. Oh, okay. So yeah. huge game. So huge yeah. game. But uh, thank you again to um, uh, May Sandwich Shop, MikeDriegoSports.com, CNS Supply Company, Andy Herr and Marty Palm, and our three anonymous donors, one of which I've had a lot of conversations say, about yeah. um, over the last week in terms of power ratings and whatnot. It's always fun to discuss uh, those things. And... Um, Ways to help us, sponsorships, advertising, those in-kind donations, visiting the website, bulldoghour.com, and i constantly updating this season-by-season recaps, and I have the 2021 up-to-date with the flag that will be flying high at Gursky Stadium, hopefully the beginning of next year. And then one last way you can help us. Like and share. And that should do it for that. 
Um, our live show, as my normal slide is back because we will be back next Sunday, our normal day of the week. Normal time also, 8.30, uh, November 7th. We're back. We will recap Wilson's district playoff opener. Hopefully be previewing their next playoff game. Yeah, I'd love to have a preview and hopefully some interviews next week. Too. And and also uh, then be putting up this slide next week to say when we'll be back oh, again. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So we were at least 16 shows. Let's let's go for 17. Let, let, let's do that. And, uh, well, here we are, Justin. 2021 schedule. Everything that we knew before the season – in terms of opponents, we're done with. We're moved on. We're halfway through that right side. We are at the D36A quarterfinals this Friday, November 5th. But where are the Bulldogs going to be playing? Well, last week I had a power rating slide that kind of outlined a few scenarios. Of course, none of it happened. I shouldn't say that. There was a bunch of stuff that happened that I didn't expect to happen. Carlisle beating CD East and Cumberland right. Valley beating you, Central you, Dolphins. You ran that scenario like last minute on the show. I, last I did, week, yeah. And we knew, oh man. Yeah, the we Carlisle CD East one was a big one for us. But if we also we knew, lose, if, right? If we won, we knew we were, we're in, in no matter yeah. what. We were in, we were in with a win, and I and I tweeted that last night after you texted me yeah. a few things like, "Hey, would we have?" If we had lost, because, would, oh, what else happened? Would right. we have made it? And the answer is no. If we had lost yesterday to Manheim Township, we would be sitting at that nine spot, just so, out of the field. Listen, I know, I know. I just said earlier that like you can't boil it down to one play, but but <laughs> how big is that Sean Dendle catch? Like you, you could you could say a ton of them, but I know we just kind of you know we named a player of the game. We like to like talk about turning points and and the things that might not jump at you from the from the box score right. you know like but that play that one reception for 32 yards may have saved may have saved the possibility of the, the postseason you know right. like um you never know like maybe they go forward on fourth down and get it you know it, you never know but like that play leads to the score which leads to the win which we needed or we would have missed the playoffs yeah so so what i have up right now is the power ratings that I had calculated before today's games, before any of the Saturday games. And you see of note for 6A, Gettysburg Twin Valley, which Gettysburg won, and Academy Park Chester, which I, I don't know is a result for that. That's what needed to be input. I didn't think that they were going to change anything enough to alter the top eight seeds. So you can see where we were after last night. Central York 1, Harrisburg 2, CD East 3 despite the loss, York William Penn at 4, Wilson at 5, Hempfield 6, Carlisle 7, Manheim Township 8, and look how close 6, 7, and 8 yeah. are before Saturday's games. Now, with the completions of Saturday's games, Hempfield has increased their lead on Carlisle um, 6 over 7, and Manheim Township sits there at eight in front of Central Dolphin, who lost to Cumberland Valley, but neither of those teams make it. I believe they wanted to finalize the power ratings, if not tonight, sometime tomorrow, and technically the brackets won't be approved until Monday, but once they finalize the power ratings, you know who you're playing. I don't think these are going to change, so what you see on your screen and what I'm looking at now with the updates are it, and I'll give myself a pat on the back because a bunch of those numbers are exactly what I have here. 
Uh, yeah, so when my... Coach Dom's in the interview, he's talking about, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. It's got to be some spreadsheet. And I'm just thinking, yes, that's exactly, <laughs> that's what, exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. I spend hours setting it up each year because I, I don't like new two-year cycles because – Two year cycles, you're keeping the same opponents. Which we start next we year. We start next year. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. I know, but like the COVID year kind of screwed well, things and, up too. And the league for a lot of us is, is going to be all crazy. Depending on who we play, non league, it yeah. actually the merger may help right. in the long right. run. Because um, yeah, a lot more a whole, similar opponents, right? Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see if that's true or not. But that's one thing that'll come up on a future show. Right. I guess that is the purpose of not because it makes power rankings easier, but like. A lot more common opponents is kind of the reason, right. part of the reason behind the merger. So teams don't have to schedule five non-league games. Right. Um, so on a, on a future Bulldog Hour show, um, probably not now. I mean, I, maybe we'll have another one after. Well, I don't even want to say it. At some point, we'll be talking about Wilson's 2022 schedule. Some of that is finalized. Some of it you're not going to like. I'll just put that out there right now. Um <laughs> And we'll also have to talk about classifications. Now, obviously, Wilson's not dropping from 6A to 5A, but it's no. always interesting to see how many teams are in 6A because you want to know who you're going up against come playoff time. And like teams like Mifflin missed 6A by one one One, one male, male student. student last year or two years ago. Those numbers were already due to the PIAA. Then I believe there was a four-week period through mid-November up towards Thanksgiving. Oh, and it's not like anything crazy has happened with school enrollments in the last No, not at all. Why would that have changed? <laughs> so we should know around or just after Thanksgiving, no later than that first week of December, will the PIAA release the new classifications. I'd expect 6A to hover between 14 to 18 teams, um, maybe 16 to 18 um, now, when they release them, do they have to? And again, this is not a Wilson issue. We're all we're in six A, but do they have anything with like? Is that with the like? Um, that is with the, all the transfer stuff. That yes, is that's all, what I was trying with, to that get. Is, to. Yeah, so the ones that are released at the very end of November, early that's December, are included. the finalized okay, ones. The ones that are happening behind the scenes right now are teams that request to play up right. and the transfer competition formula, and I right. think then any hearings about which, like should that should that right, be counted which against would they them have to wait for this season to wrap up to finalize that stuff yes because they, like state championships well, and but things like i think it's i don't know that it's just state playoff wins okay i don't know i, 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 I honestly i'm, I'm not sure <laughs> to um, say the least I, and I, I think in the past like two years ago it may have said in there if so-and-so wins this game they will change classifications okay, okay. um I don't know why they have such a hard deadline, but it does always come out the last week of November or the first week in December. And I will have that posted like I did two years ago because I, I find it interesting to see who, you know, who's your competition for the next right. two years. Um, you know, in the past, Redline's been up with us and William Penn wasn't. William Penn was a 5A school right. in the last cycle. Harrisburg was a 5A school two cycles ago, right. you know, with, with Micah Parsons. Right. That changes. So CD East for a while, it was the last team in at 6A. Mifflin was the last team out of, of 6A, the first team into 5A. So we'll see what happens. What what are the changes? But first, let's get back to the 2021 season and who we're playing. So the, the power ratings, and I'll throw them up again for everyone to look at, and these are my unofficial calculations, but they reflect what's on the PIAA uh, District 3 site right now. 
Wilson at five, William Penn at four. So Wilson is set to travel, most likely, to York to play William Penn. They just lost to Central York. That's their second loss. William Penn's other loss this year was against Governor Mifflin in week one. Non-competitive, 55-6. to six. They did miss one of their games due to COVID with, with their opponent, so they have one fewer games played than Wilson. They have an electric running back. Uh, I believe his name is Jaheim White. Yes. Uh, he took a, a carry for 80 yards and a touchdown against Central York in the first quarter last night. So he's definitely someone that the Bulldogs are going to have to key on. I, I don't know too much else about William Penn. They have a beautiful complex. So if you're going to the game, uh, it's a cool place. Uh, the, the, the stadium itself is, is is very cool. The turf is very nice. Um, I, I we have not played William Penn in a long time. Um, at, I should say at York William right, Penn right. In, in, in a long time. I believe we played we've played them in the last five or six years. I believe. Yeah, I think um, we played them in the playoffs. Yeah, in, in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. But. That's what it's looking like, that we will be traveling to William Penn. I've been told that they have been broadcasting their games. So that's a positive for anyone that's not traveling to York Friday night to watch the, the playoff game. If York decides not to do it, there is an entity out there that would like to do it, but they are searching for sponsors to allow them to do it because um, they they have equipment and uh, personnel that, that have to be compensated to do so. Thankfully, it does not cost an arm and a leg anymore to broadcast these games. The district, at some point, I don't know if it's a response to COVID or, or what, but they have now made basically anything that isn't live television is not expensive, and school-based is free. So the things that I was raising money for years ago, you know, $500 or whatever to broadcast from an iPad, that's gone, thankfully. So if in the end the school doesn't do it and the other entity, the private entity doesn't do it, I can do it for for free from my iPad. But, I mean, I, I would rather someone else be doing it with commentate. I don't want to yeah, just yeah. stand there. I mean, that got us through because it's better than nothing, but it's not ideal. So I hope York William Penn or, or the private company will be able to do it. If you're interested in sponsoring the stream, I believe they uh, have a title sponsorship available. Um, then they have a few other um, levels up for grabs. So if you're interested in that, you can contact me and I can get you in contact with them. Uh, but first we got to find out if York William Penn is doing it. And this is all assuming they are our opponent. It's looking that way. Yeah, it looks that way. It doesn't look like it's going to switch. There aren't, Especially with uh, the Saturday games in there, it's not. I mean, it looks close when you you look at some of the things, but it's not all that different. You know, the it's honestly it's. Oh, so Academy Park beat Chester. Actually, that's a little surprising. I thought Chester was going to win that game. You know, what's closer than I would have thought would be uh, one and two, like Central York and Harrisburg is. Oh, it's eight two. Yeah, I no, it's that. it's. I was reading it. You know, it's still. Fairly close, um, but yeah. So we actually got uh, hurt by Exeter not getting a forfeit win or getting to play Daniel Boone outright. Did Daniel Boone make it? Uh, we'll have to scroll up and look. Yeah. Uh, we also were hurt by Mifflin not playing two games, which you got to think they were going to win. Right. There's a very real chance that should 
Mifflin have played and won their two games and Exeter played and defeated Boone that we could be hosting William Penn. Uh, you know, we're, we're 0.01 behind. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I think we could have overcome that if uh, Mifflin's power rating was a little bit better, even though they're sitting at one in 5A. Uh, and the same thing with, with Exeter. So, you know, COVID strikes again. Hopefully a year from now we're not talking about anything like that. Um, Exeter currently sits at seven. Yeah, and Boone is in. And Boone is it's in 12. 14. It's 14 teams, yeah. Um, so Exeter would get a home game then, right? Yeah, because they needed to stay at eight. They actually bumped up one, it looks like. Okay. Because I thought they were at eight. Okay. I oh. could be wrong. I could be wrong on that, but I guess then the the conversation goes. Well, could they well, be even higher? <laughs> and if it is if it is fourteen, it looks like Twin Valley's in. Yeah, even with their loss today. Yeah, they lost to Gettysburg. Yeah, and that looks like it's in because it has them as six and four. Yeah, Fleetwood just missing. <sighs> That's a rough run for Fleetwood because it is fifteen, right? Yeah, or fourteen. It's fourteen. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, it's fourteen. Um, 4A, Burks Catholic sits at 4. Conrad Weiser at 7. I think, do they take... Is, is it Burks Catholic, Cocalico? 4, 5? Do they take 8? Well, that's it what I was just going to say. It says at the top. If you oh, does it up, say at yeah. the top? Oh, it did. Oh, yeah, up it's right until, here, right here. Oh, yeah. 4A is 10. Okay, so, okay. So, so top 2 get a bye. All right. So... <sighs> that's got McDevitt LS. That would be a heck of a game. Yeah, I saw um, McDevitt's quarterback just got his second... Big Ten offer. Or so, like no, Burke's Catholic will play Octorara. Who, I know it's a small, well, it's 4A, but they're in, I think they're in Section 5. Um, yeah, Columbia played them. Columbia is one of their two losses. Well, not Section 5. Yeah, there's no Section yeah, 5. Yeah, sorry, Section 4. Yeah. Uh, and let's see, why missing? Number one seed. Yeah. Uh, 3A is eight teams, so why missing will open up. Against most likely Northern Lebanon. That <laughs> Sorry, is... Northern Lebanon. Um, yeah. And then another one of the the ones close to my heart. Yeah, sorry. But that is not going to go. Well. And then why missing uh, beats Northern Lebanon? They would then play the winner of West Perry Middletown. So once again, getting to play Middletown. Yeah, I, I feel not like the this Middletown is of years past. No, no, not that. That's true. I feel like this is. Why missing Boiling Springs? Like I feel like there's no other way. Oh, because Why missing already destroyed Hamburg, and they yeah. sit at number three. Right. Yeah. Um, Boiling Springs loss. Who did they lose to? I know we're not talking Wilson <laughs> right. football anymore. Oh, Mechanicsburg. Right. They lost thirty nine thirty four to Mechanicsburg. Um. So, um, the only one left that I think we need to talk about just for fun is two uh, a, yeah. uh, and they take four. So yeah. it looks like Columbia will be playing upper dolphin, upper dolphin and they'll get him at home. Yeah. They'll get the host them, which is good. Cause like, that's a bit of a drive <laughs> upper yeah. dolphin up above central dolphin. <laughs> yeah. So Columbia actually beat doctor or they lost to Donegal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Columbia lost to Donegal in week two and that's their only loss. Um, but that Octorera game was a crazy one. Uh, 48 46. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Deep, cool. d- deep dive for a lot of the Wilson fans. A deep fans, dive but, into but District us, 3 football yeah. outside of 6A. Why not? So, uh, But we've been going on for over an hour now. I think that a bit about wraps it up. Um, Wilson, LL, Section 1 champions, 5 0 outright. Congratulations to the team and staff for uh, really rallying for yeah. uh, coming back and Man, keep it going 
and winning when a lot of people doubted them. So congratulations and kudos all around. And it's crazy to, to think about, you know, us coaching these kids four years ago and here yeah. they are now back to back section champs. Yeah. That's what you want. That's what you want to right. see. Keep it rolling. That's the goal. Keep and, it rolling. And like we've been saying for how many weeks now, you just you checked off a big one on your yeah. preseason list. Yeah. And you know what? Let's go get another one. Let's yeah. go get another one. So why can't us? So yes, absolutely. Bring bringing that back. Yes. Bring it back around 13 years later. Yeah. 13 years ago. Um, um, tomorrow yesterday. would be the break. Well, yeah, yes. yeah. Yesterday yeah. was the end. So, all right. Uh, anything else to say? Wilson football, Wilson related. No, just congrats to the guys for, uh, rallying around and, and not getting down and, uh, going out there and, and making improvements and getting on a streak here. And let, let's keep it going. You, you need to keep making improvements. You're, you're going to get good teams every week now. Um, we've had that the last couple weeks. It's funny, Andy Herr kind of mentioned that a few weeks ago about how, like, yeah, you're watching these Wilson games, but, like, every week's pretty much a playoff game for them because at the time we didn't know how it was going to work, you know. Right. We thought we needed to win out to get in, and it turns out, honestly, we did. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and and they they made it happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. And hopefully they can keep it rolling. Yeah. Have prime opportunity here to uh, go in as underdogs on the road, uh, get a win. And uh, who knows? With the way this season has gone, who Never knows? Know. Maybe, maybe Township will upset Central York and we'll get a home game in round two. Wow, that would be wild. We've got to beat William Penn first. All yeah. the focus is yeah. on them. And uh, hopefully we'll see many of you in York on Friday. And you'll all join us next Sunday, November 7th at 8.30 at all the normal spots. But for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.